my math high school teacher, uh, his name is uh, Yair Cohen. He suffered from uh, ALS. Oh, wow. And, and uh, yeah, he was a person that uh, me and the rest of the class uh, admired. He was a person who was doing ski and diving and everything. And uh, we witnessed his, uh, the progression of uh, his condition. And it was uh, heartbreaking. And I think that was the, the speed, I would say, of uh, my interest in, in, in the brain. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leumitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Opus Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders and meet Zivi Kutieli, the CEO of Manfort, a startup that provides a standard neurological assessment in the clinic and home. Dr. Kutieli holds a bachelor's and master's degree in electrical engineering and a PhD in brain science. Dr. Yakutieli has been connecting between neurology and technology for over 20 years and has been working in the Israeli high-tech industry primarily and Intel's design center Haifa, Israel. Brain science, PhD, entrepreneur, CEO. What, what led you into brain study in the first place? How does one get into neuroscience to the depth that you've decided to go into? Um, for me, it was a kind of... Uh... I think a personal uh, journey that started uh, when I was a teenager. Uh, as a kid, it, it was clear to me that I'm going to handle something to do with the electronics. And uh, I was one of the kids who spent hours with the uh, Lego and uh, disassembling TVs and all that. I didn't think uh, much about uh, the brain. Um, it was uh, my high school teacher, uh, um, my math high school teacher, uh, his name is uh, Yair Cohen, uh, who was a great teacher, I think the best I ever had. And um, he suffered from uh, ALS. Oh, wow. And, and uh, yeah, he was a person that uh, me and the rest of the class uh, admired. He was a person who was doing ski and diving and everything. And... Uh, we witnessed his, uh, the progression of uh, his condition, and it was uh, heartbreaking. And I think that was the, the speed, I would say, of uh, my interest in, in, in the brain. And um, after the army, I started to contemplating between uh, my favorite thing, engineering, but also I started uh, thinking about becoming a, a, a brain surgeon, maybe to help people uh, that, that suffer from these kind of uh, conditions. I ended up uh, studying um, electrical engineering at the Technion, but, but I was already kind of uh, hooked to the brain. So I started studying uh, biology and chemistry and neurophysiology and all of that. And for my first degree, in parallel to the regular course of, of uh, the electrical engineering training, I took uh, I, I connected between uh, neurons and and uh, transistors 
And then uh, it's called multi-electrode arrays that you plant neurons on top of it, and then it's connected to a chip. And then uh, later in my PhD, between uh, electrodes that you implant on people's uh, brain and to a PC, so I've been connecting between technology and neurology for, for now for 20 years. And uh, for most of that time, I, I was working for uh, some uh, high-tech uh, company like uh, Intel. And the academic uh, was the kind of, uh, I would say, a, a hobby until a certain moment that I decided that that's what I want to do also for uh, a business. And this is uh, the starting point of uh, Montfort. So this idea of, you know, we have academia, we dive deep, we do research, right? The traditional route for hundreds of years for these types of things, the, the, the jump or the leap to now making it into a business, right? And you have to decide whether to spend the majority of your time as a researcher or the majority of your time as an entrepreneur. What was that, what was that decision like for you? What, what were sort of the, the pros and cons? Because I'm sure that, you know, pursuing, you know, completing a PhD in brain science, it's, it's not trivial for everybody to go straight into, you know, the business world. What, what were sort of the, con the considerations for you? So for most part, I would say that, uh, and, and for me, it was a bit frustrating. I've seen not only my, my own research, but, but much more advanced and I think better research conducted by other people, not uh, getting realized as, as something that helps people. I mean, you do very exciting work and you, you get, uh, you have some new findings and you publish the results, but at the end of the day, when you, when you, uh, try to evaluate how many people's lives have you changed? It's, it's for the most part, it's very little. Of course, there are some major, um, discoveries that uh, affect everybody but but i think that very often the research remains uh, as a theoretical uh, thing and and for me it was um, uh, troubling and um actually um i had these ideas of that i uh, brought from the academy that i presented to neurologists about designing a chip again that we can implant on people's brain and this is something that i also got Intel involved that we will manufacture these ideas. And then one of the neurologists that I've been talking with, uh, told me something like, um, that every couple of months, an engineer like me comes to his office with, with an idea for a new chip or a new solution. When in fact, what they actually need is a better means to use the existing drugs, the existing medical devices. And then when I asked why, uh, what's the problem that they're facing, he said that, um, uh, they essentially, they know very little about the patient that they're treating because the entire evaluation is based upon short and infrequent clinical visits. Everything is done. Even when the patient arrives to the, to the clinic, it's all done in a very subjective manner uh, outside of the patient's natural uh, life. And this impairs the quality of care. And as a result, a lot of people suffer more than they, they need. And he told me that this is, this is one of the problems that they would like engineers like me, uh, to solve. He showed me a patient that was running a test in, in uh, one of the hospital corridor. Uh, and then, uh, later on, 
um, I, I asked my, my friend from Intel, who is now Monfort's CTO, Dima, I asked him if uh, he thinks that we can use smartphones to run the same test in a digital uh, manner. And a couple of days uh, later, we had a prototype for that particular test. And then this is how Montfort started. And, and we just added more and more tests to evaluate more and more symptoms. And this is one of the things uh, that can make the largest impact. There will, there's still room for new devices. There's still uh, room for more discoveries. But uh, I think that in order to start a business, you first uh, need to find the, the unmet need uh, in the industry or the market to which uh, you want to sell your product. That's from the business point of view. I think that one, one of the fascinating lessons that I want to just quickly extract from this, what you're just saying. You know, you're, you know, you're, you're describing a world that is so deep tech, right? That the, the, the break, the entry, the barrier of entry for an entrepreneur in the brain science world is very, very high, right? Much more than a lot of other verticals. Yeah. And you're coming with a PhD in the subject. You're a domain expert in this. And what you're learning uh, through the market is that the, what the world needs right now, the biggest impact you can have with your knowledge and understanding is not necessarily to develop the new research paper, right? And to advance brain science even further right now, what we need is the connection between the existing research, which is already interesting, to the patients today and, and, the, and sort of this path of how we as humans, regular people experience the technology versus where it's at, this gap is what you're able to mitigate now through Montfort. And that's both a great business opportunity, but also really, really high impact for the world, right? Correct. And it's very often that, um, again, I don't want to disregard inventions like uh, in my world, like um, uh, PET and then the MRI, which utilizes the most advanced technology that the, the human race uh, have invented. So that's important. And, uh, it's very good that people spend a lot of, uh, time and, and I, I, I guess a couple of Nobel, uh, uh, prices were contributing to, to MRI, for example. But that's one right. field of, of uh, science and research that um, brings something new. But how many people uh, need MRI and go uh, to it? I mean, it's what, what most people need in, in terms of uh, neurology is just for someone to properly evaluate um, their tremor of the hand, for example, or um, some decline in their uh, short-term memory, or how stable do they stand? If, if, if a person uh, falls, an elderly person falls, um, and, and break a bone, most chances that they will die as a consequence of this um, uh, minor event. No fMRI or PET or whatever will, will help them. So if, if you come up with a, a simpler solution than MRI, it still requires a lot of understanding and clinical validation, et cetera, but it's much more simple that can minimize the risk of faults. For example, you can help millions of people all over the world. Incredible. 
right? And obviously, impact is the is the theme here. Uh, something that uh, you know, and then I can only imagine the the way that this accessibility uh, is going to change how we we think through our diagnoses, the the way in which we we measure things, the, our interaction with 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 doctors, and obviously what we're what we've been seeing with COVID nineteen. And the acceleration and the catalyzation towards digital health, telehealth, that's all in line with what you're doing with Montfort. What, t- share with me a bit about the strategy of the company. What are, what is the actual product? How does, how do customers experience it? And, and what are some of the challenges that you as an entrepreneur have to deal with in running Montfort? So what we offer is a standard and digital tool to assess neurological symptoms. Um, we look at it in, in three main categories, motor symptoms, cognitive symptoms, and affective symptoms more related to psychiatry, which is also, um, related to, to the brain. Um, we use smartphones to, um, capture these uh, symptoms in a quantitative way. This can be done in the clinic. This can be done in the, uh, patient's. Uh, real world. And so this is the, the basic product. Now, um, in terms of the, the go-to-market, we started by validating and demonstrating uh, the capabilities of this solution, first of all, in, in the clinics. So uh, we collaborated with hospitals, with leading, uh, with leading neurologists, and we demonstrated that what we measure from the smartphone is at least as good as what they can measure and very often even uh, better than that because we compared the smartphone uh, capabilities to those of uh, very sophisticated labs that use all sorts of sensors and and cameras, etc. So that was the first uh, thing. Um, It required a lot of uh, uh, recruiting a lot of patients, clinical trials, uh, and, uh, publications that led to, uh, FDA clearance that we've already obtained for several, most of the tests that we offer. So that's the first thing that cl- clearly this is a must for the medical world to, to accept. Then we started to look into the distribution channels and, uh, we, now focus on um, the pharmaceutical industry and the medical device manufacturer. Mm-hmm. What we offer them is a way to make their solution uh, teleneurology compatible. They are looking for something that is right. called as beyond the pill solution. So to whichever mm-hmm. drug that the patient is being prescribed, there's going to be um, a monitor attached to it so it can offer chronic care management. So the, pa- the, the patient and, and the physicians are no longer disconnected as they are now. So if you'd buy a drug uh, that's treating Parkinson or multiple sclerosis or whatever, it will already include the monitor that will allow your uh, physician to understand if the treatment is effective, the dosage, the frequency, when to take, uh, to optimize the, the treatment and doing that in, in, in a much shorter time than it would uh, require for him today. So there, that's the value uh, pos- proposition that we offer. And uh, the next stage, this is what we're starting now, 
is to offer our solution to the telehealth companies, which have a different uh, channel to the to the patients. They work directly with a lot of their members. Uh, they um, know how to provide telediabetes, for example, and telecardiovascular because there are, there are devices that can connect between the cardiologist and the, and the patient at home to measure their heart rate, for example. And we offer them an opportunity now to offer teleneurology as the vertical of, uh, of telehealth. So that's the stage of uh, what we're doing now. And we're already looking into um, offering this solution to the payers, the, the insurance companies, for example. And, and if they um, enforce this kind of uh, um, teleneurology and quality of care into their services, uh, it will save them a lot of uh, money. It will uh, result with a much more efficient treatment for uh, millions of millions of uh, patients. So these are the stages that we're uh, taking and where we are now. Wow, that's very, very cool. Are there any concerns about, you know, consumer behavior or anything of that sort that, you know, that of, of how we're going to be experiencing this technology and this interaction with the medical world. Are there any questions that you're asking yourself as a CEO and as a, as a leader of this? So medicine uh, in general is um, a very, I would, I would say, traditional occupation by nature. And, and it's good that it's uh, like that. Um, there's a lot of uh, wisdom and knowledge um, in, in medicine in general. And I think that neurology is even more strict uh, than other um, conditions in, in adapt, adopting new technologies because the brain is, is, is a much more complicated organ than anything that exists in, in our body. It has dimensions of, of, of uh, work uh, that, that you don't have in the kidney or heart or lungs. So it's much more complicated to, to, to treat it. It's much more complicated to handle, uh, clinical trials in the, in the brain. So neurology is even a bit more, I would say, traditional than other fields of, of medicine. Um, so it's, it's a challenge to shift them from the way that they're used to, to do the, the, the uh, clinical, the evaluation of the patient in the clinic to something that, uh, to rely upon tests that the patient would conduct uh, at home. Uh, one thing that we've decided to do after learning uh, by, by our own uh, mistakes is that uh, what helps them is not to invent any new test that they are not familiar with, but uh, offer a digital manner to conduct a test that they, they know, they trust, and this is much more easy for them to, to accept. And then once you, you demonstrate that it's working in the clinic, the digital test is performing as good as what they're used to in a subjective assessment in the clinic. Now you can tell them to take another step further and, and, and ask them to rely upon the test that will run at the patient's home. 
And and later on, and I can wow. tell you that in the future, and this is something that we're already in the process of, of uh, offering and including into our platform, uh, more and more of the symptoms will be evaluated uh, in a passive manner. So, for example, there's a test, a classic test that is called a tapping test, where the patient is asked to tap between uh, his uh, fingers. We have a digital test to to run it, and Very but cool. you can get similar indica- indication by analyzing the the typing wow. patterns when you're texting someone. So. It will take time to convince the, the neurologist wow. that they can rely upon the passive uh, data collection that acquires for a lot of different things. But now we have this kind of uh, pillar uh, of the active and standard tests that they know of that we can run at the patient home. So this is making um, it a, a lesser challenge for them to, to adopt to. And at the end, I think what obviously is a huge factor here is that you are a doctor with a PhD in brain science. And, and you know, so it's not, you're not just developing, you know, a nice application that has very, very, you know, limited foundation for science. You're saying we are a deep tech science company. We understand this world. We are looking for ways to, to, to combine the, the research and the consumer behavior in the passive behavior that we do in the day to day. And I think that is really where, where the huge impact is. And, and it sounds fascinating. And I really want to thank you for this uh, 20 short, but meaningful minutes, fascinating work, awesome journey. And, and I love the sort of the way that you're thinking through this. And at the end, it's all about consumer behavior and how do we connect, you know, what's happening around the world in the research world to our you know regular life. And uh, I love it. It's so Uh, Ziv, thank you very, very much and stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you very much.